Lord. How many of you were here this morning, either in the nine or the 11? Hallelujah. Awesome time. I tell you, both services were great. In the 11 o'clock, we not only had heard an awesome word, but we had a manifestation of times of refreshing. Hallelujah. Thank God for the presence of the Lord. Tonight, uh, this morning, pastor was talking a lot about fresh oil. And as I was uh, praying about tonight, I just got the term fresh fire, you know, oil and fire together. I think we might have something, you know, (laughs) praise God. So I looked up the definitions of the word fresh. He gave a lot of definitions this morning about refresh, which were so good. But I looked up the word fresh, recently produced, not preserved or canned, new having just arrived. And I love that recently produced, new having just arrived, not canned, not preserved. I've said this many times, but I'm going to say it again. If heaven were a supermarket, it would be all fresh produce. God's not into weak old stale bread. He's not into leftovers. He never says, well, when we come into his presence and we say, I need fresh oil. I need fresh manna from heaven. He never says, well, you know, I'm on vacation, but there's some leftovers that you can reheat from last week. No, he doesn't give you leftover blessings. Every time we come into his presence, he gives us something fresh. Something new, something that has just been produced. God knows exactly how to touch your heart. He knows exactly what you need to be refreshed, revived, and renewed. And he's pouring out fresh oil and fresh fire. Just like on the day of Pentecost. That was a brand new outpouring. Glory to God. And every time people get filled from then till now it's fresh it's new it's full of power it's it's that way with the oil of god and it's that way with the holy ghost and fire it's not his will for us to get filled with the holy ghost and fire and to burn bright for about six or seven days and then the fire go out absolutely not the fire of god on the inside of us is to burn 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 bright 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 john the baptist quoted some things here in matthew chapter 11 he talked about himself he talked about the lord matthew chapter 3 11 pardon me i indeed baptize you with water unto repentance But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And everybody say it. With the Holy Ghost and? With the Holy Ghost and? There are people that, I, you know, they've received the Holy Spirit, said a few words in tongues, but from the way they're living and from the way they're acting, I want to say, uh, maybe you didn't get the fire part. He said, Holy Ghost and fire. 
Being filled with the Spirit is not just saying a few glossolalia words. And, oh, okay, I can pray in tongues now. Or, or I said a few words in tongues 25 years ago, but I ain't spoke yet. That's not been, again, that's not been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire of God on the inside of us when we get filled with the Spirit stirs some things up. Ignites us on the inside for service. The fire of God, the Holy Ghost and fire, when people get filled with him, one of the main things that's going to happen is there's going to be a change. I got Jesus in my life and he brought a change. How many of you saw a change when you got filled with the Holy Ghost and fire? If the apostle Peter were here tonight, do you think if we set him down and interviewed him and said, okay, Peter, what brought a lasting change in your life? What caused you to go from a coward to being full of courage? What caused you to go from being a denier to a prophesier? What do you think his response would be? I got in contact with fire. The Holy Ghost and fire on the day of Pentecost after the 120 were filled and he was one of them. He, they spilled out into the streets and the Bible says that Peter, Peter, the one just a few chapters before had denied the Lord. Now he's the one designated to stand up. And to preach to the masses of people. And he said, these people are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What caused him to be turned around? What caused him to have that boldness and that courage that he didn't have a few days before to say to a damsel that he knew Jesus? What was the difference? The difference was a Holy Ghost and fire. When we get filled with the Spirit, there ought to be a difference. There ought to be a difference in our lifestyle. There ought to be a difference in our action. There ought to be a difference in our words. Amen. There ought to be a difference in our desire to serve the Lord. Fire. Fire. Everybody say fire. fire. Holy Ghost. And fire. It's meant to burn brighter and brighter. If we went by some Christians' lives and even by some churches, you would think that was not the case. Told this story and I'm going to tell it again. I see some new victims, so I get to tell them. This little boy is getting ready to go into church with his dad. And they're standing in the foyer And they see this plaque on the wall that says, in honor of all of those who died in the service. And this little boy was used to going to church and setting up with the dead. So he looked up at his dad and he said, which service did they die in, the morning or night? Some of you don't get that. I think it's funny. But anyway... Our churches, our lives, not ought to be a place where people are dying and where people are dry and cold and boring. 
stirring, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, there's life about you. There's the anointing present in our midst. The anointing is present when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And what does the anointing do? The anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. The anointing annihilates sickness and disease. When you're red hot, fervent, for the Lord and you get your hands on somebody that's filled with cancer. You know what ought to happen? That fire of God in you ought to burn. Burn disease right out of them. The fire of God in us ought to break yokes. Remove burdens. Destroy bondages. And not just when we're in here. In our church services, I'm glad when people come in here and they're delivered and they're set free and they're healed. But folks, you and I, every one of us, we are ambassadors. We are sent from heaven above to let our light shine and let the fire of God in us burn bright. What happens in here should just be a small portion of what's happened in our everyday lives. We ought to have testimonies on a regular basis. Not just about what God's doing in here, but what God's doing out there. On the streets, through your hands, through your mouth as believers. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And fire. We got the power. We got the fire. Where does this fire come from? Very simple message tonight. But I'm here to remind you who you are and what you got. Who's on the inside of you? The author of fire is on the inside of us when we're born again. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 29 says this. This is where, this is where fire comes from. Our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. He doesn't just want to consume sin, which he does. He gets rid of sin. He gets rid of garbage. He gets rid of distractions. But he wants to consume us with zeal, with passion, with all that he is. His heart beats for the lost. His heart beats for hurting, sighing, humanity. And when we're in contact and we are connected with the heart of the Father, we're going to have that same fire burning in our bones. Our testimony ought to be like the prophet of old who said, It was just like fire. Shut up in my bones and I could not keep it to myself. Hallelujah. We aren't to be rude and arrogant, but we are to be carriers of life. We are anointed and we are appointed to go and to shine bright in a dark and a dying world. When you are on fire, you know what happens when you have a big bonfire? There's light. That is projected from that fire. When that fire is burning so big on the inside of us, wherever we go, people are going to see the light. We're going to bring change. 
I mentioned this on, on Mother's Day or no, I don't remember when I mentioned, I think it was Mother's Day, but how that, you know, I spend a lot of time at the nail shop, stay in the spirit, don't judge me. <laughs> and the people that, have, that own this place where I go, they're, they're sisters and they're all from Vietnam and they have a little, in their corner, they have a statue to Buddha. Sometimes they got little fruit there, but a lot of times they have a little candle lit to Buddha. But you know, every time I go in there, one or more of them will say to me, Oh, we so happy you here. When you come, you so full of joy. <laughs> and you know, sometimes I'm thinking, you know what it is? It's the light of God in me. Yes, that's and right. I'm sitting there sometimes getting my nails done and I'm thinking, you know, the light of Jesus in me doesn't like that little candle lit to Buddha over there. That, that fake God and I just sense that fire and the light and you know someday I'm just going to go over there and go oh sorry <laughs> sorry Buddha's light went out the real true light is here That all, you know that's who we are we're carriers of the light we burn bright we got the fire of God on the inside of us he wants to fill us afresh and anew with that zeal and that passion and that fire. Romans twelve eleven in the Amplified. This ought to be happening in our life. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be a glow. Everybody say, be a glow. Be a glow and burning with the Spirit. And are we supposed to be a glow and burning with the Spirit in our living room? Have our little light, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine in my living room. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine in my bedroom. No, serving the Lord. We get a glow and burning for a purpose. It definitely benefits our life, but it's for us to shine, not just in these four walls. That's part of it. You serve the Lord in your local church church. You ought to be doing something with that fire. If it's well, like this, use it or lose it. If you don't keep that fire kindled up and stoked by serving the Lord, it'll go out. That's why he says you have to never lag in zeal. Did you know it's not a compliment? If maybe you're out walking with a group of people and they say to you, stop lagging behind. You're so slow. Lagging behind. If somebody tells you you're lagging behind on your job, stop lagging behind. You got to get up to snuff. It's not a compliment. For somebody to tell you that you're lagging behind. It's not a compliment for one of your kids' teachers to say, you know, they're really lagging behind in math. Unfortunately, I heard that. And it's not really a compliment. You got to get things primed up. Get up to speed. Lag. It's not a good word. It means this. To fall behind. To move more slowly than expected. And I really like this one. This is good old Webster. Lag means to wane in intensity. That's why that verse said, never lag. Never wane in intensity. Don't lose your passion. Don't lose your fervor for serving the Lord. It is a joy 
It is an honor. It is a privilege to serve the Lord. How did the psalmist say that we were supposed to serve the Lord with sorrow and sadness? No, he said, serve the Lord with joy and gladness. When you're on fire on the inside, you see the big picture. You see the reality. If I go in there and serve with the kids, if I usher, if I greet, the reality is this. I am serving in the house of the Lord. I am serving a cause bigger than myself. You get on the inside of you what eternity is about and it just stokes that fire. I'm I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to serve the Lord with joy and gladness because I know it makes a difference in the kingdom of God. If I greet at the back door, if I'm over there welcoming the visitors, if I'm in there serving in preschool, it makes a difference. But why did he say never lag in zeal? Because people lose their passion. They let the fire grow dim. And if the fire's not burning bright, they're not going to serve the Lord with zeal and passion. They're going to lose their intensity. They're going to lag. They're going to fall behind. Some of you may remember, it's been many years now, but years ago, Pastor and I did a marriage conference and we titled it, Don't Let Your Sizzle Fizzle. Don't let your sizzle fizzle. The word sizzle. To be extremely hot. If you've never been extremely hot, take a trip to Oklahoma about mid-July. You've never felt heat like that. Another definition about sizzle. To make a hissing sound when when something comes in contact with heat. And I like this. It's actually in the dictionary. Example, the sound of battered food being dropped into hot grease. (laughs) It makes a sizzling sound. And right away I was like, okie dokie, yes, I remember that sound. Very familiar with that. If it's edible, if it's friable in Oklahoma, it's edible. That's how we grew up. You can put batter on it and drop it in the deep fryer, you're good to go. And so you got... This sizzling sound when you drop hot food, when you drop food into hot grease. On the other hand, what's fizzle? Fizzle is this, to sputter when going out. It's not good when your car sputters to a stop on the freeway, is it, Helen? (laughs) Thank God you're all right. Protection there. That's sputter, to fizzle, to fail. Or to die out after a positive beginning. Listen to that one again. Fizzle. To fail or to die out after a positive beginning. Unfortunately, we've all seen people get born again, get filled with the Holy Ghost. They're on fire for Jesus. They're going to win the world. Oh, just give me somebody that doesn't know the Lord. I'm going to win the world. I'm going to go and empty out Kaiser Hospital. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. I mean, it's awesome when people get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire for the first time. And that real fire is ignited on the inside of them. But unfortunately, 
many times at the first sign of a test, at the first sign of a difficulty, they fulfill the definition of fizzle. They sputter to a stop. They fail after a positive beginning. They just stop. They quit. They're like, ah, I don't feel like I felt when I first spoke in tongues. I don't have goosebumps anymore. I don't get shivers when I pray in the Holy Ghost. Or worse yet, I don't feel like praying in the Holy Ghost. Fizzle. Die. Quit. Sputter. To a stop. After a positive beginning. That should not be the case in our lives. And if we begin to see that that passion is waning just a bit, what should we do? We've got instructions in the Bible. And this is what we're going to do tonight. Turn with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 in the Amplified. We had some fresh oil this morning, which is still available tonight. We're going to be refreshed. We're going to be refired. We're going to be refueled. We're going to be rekindled. You get the point. Re in front of all those words. Refresh. Renewed. Revived. Rekindled. Refueled. What does it mean when you put re in front of a word in our English language? It means do it again. You might have put fuel in your car two or three weeks ago. But guess what? If you want to keep getting to your destination, you are going to have to refuel. And it's the same with the things of the spirit. Paul was writing to Timothy here and he said, this is why I would remind you to stir up rekindle the embers fan the flame keep burning the gracious gift of God the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of hands with those of the elders at your ordination some things we want to look at here first of all he said stir up stir up Did you know if you were going to make some delicious cookies, delicious chocolate chip cookies, which I currently have all the ingredients in my cabinet, in my refrigerator at home, but I could take all of those ingredients, throw them in a bowl and they could just sit there. They could sit there for days if I wanted them to sit there until I stir all the ingredients together. Follow the directions, put them in the oven and bake them. I don't have any cookies. Stir it up. We have what we need on the inside of us. We've been born again. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he even said here that gracious gift. Every single one of us has been given a gracious gift of God. That word gift there in the Greek is charisma, which means spiritual endowment. I don't know what your gift is. You might be gifted to sing. 
You might be gifted to just be such an anointed prayer. We're all called to pray. We're all, like Pastor said today, we're all called to speak and to sing under the Lord in hymns. We're just not all called to record. Maybe your gracious gift, your spiritual endowment is to work with kids. Maybe it's to be a maintenance person. I don't know what your spiritual endowment is. But I do know this. Every single one of us have one. At least one. God doesn't put anybody here on the face of this earth without giving them some abilities. We all are not anointed to do everything But we are all anointed to do something. It might be one thing. And it's our responsibility to find that one thing. That gracious gift. That spiritual endowment. And then to do what with it? Put it on a shelf. Shine it up and polish it and say, you know, I'm so glad I have this spiritual gift. I'm so glad I have this spiritual endowment. No. What are we supposed to do with it? Keep it stirred up. Keep it rekindled being filled with the Holy Ghost will help stir those things up it makes all of those ingredients come together to produce a powerhouse for God but even when we are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire he said here you got to fan the flame you have to stoke the fire rekindle rekindle Kindle, do it again. Rekindle the embers. An ember is a piece of wood or a piece of coal that it's just smoldering in the ashes about to go out. But did you know you can just feel like on the inside of you, my, my bonfire is now an ember. But you know what? There's hope. You can rekindle the ember. I like how the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost as what? A mighty rushing wind is how he showed up. The wind of the Holy Spirit came and baptized them with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that same wind of the Spirit will breathe. On those embers on the inside of you. And when you get the breath of God, when you get the wind of the Holy Spirit breathing on something that just seems like it's an ember, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be reignited. The fire is going to burn again. I've seen this many times. My dad loved to build fires in our little farmhouse. And he would, you know, all night long there'd be a fire burning. But in the morning, if there was just a little ember, just blow on it. Put a little piece of paper on there. and whew, Where did that come from? Fire can be reignited. If you've lost that passion and you've lost that zeal, let the breath of God now breathe on you. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow in this place. That refreshing wind, that reviving wind, let it blow. Hallelujah. 
know when that wind of the Holy Spirit blows and the fan is flamed and the fire is rekindled, guess what? It will send you. It will send you out into God's will and plan and purpose for your life. I just saw this yesterday, the connection here between verse 6 and verse 7. Paul was telling Timothy, stir up the gracious gift of God. Be about what God has called you to do. Cultivate that gift that's been imparted into you. And then he goes right into verse 7. And then he says, for God did not give you a spirit of timidity, of cowardness, of fear. What happened to Peter when he got filled? He lost that spirit of cowardness, that spirit of fear. When the fire of God came on him and Paul is telling Timothy, his son in the faith, the same thing. You've got something on the inside of you right there. And he's saying, stir it up. Fan the flame. And And when you are full of fire, you will become fearless. That's what the Spirit of God is saying. When you keep that fire stirred up on the inside of you, you will be fearless. You won't be bound by a spirit of fear that says, you can't go there. You can't do that. You can't preach the gospel. You can't witness when that fire is ignited on the inside of you fear takes off the fire god burns it out and that's what paul was saying timothy to timothy staying full of the fire will make you fearless fear is something that we all have to overcome to accomplish what god is asking us to do And Paul was telling Timothy, you've got what it takes on the inside of you. Stir it up and don't let a spirit of fear hold you back. There are people in this room that God wants to so touch you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you in here are not filled with the Holy Spirit. You've never spoken tongues. Others of you, you have been filled at one time. Maybe you said a few words in the Spirit, but you are not actively praying in the Holy Spirit. Then you fall into that category that you need to stir up. The gift of God. There are people that need to be filled for the first time. And there are others that need to stir up the gift of God. We've got some places to go and some things to do in the kingdom of God. And it's time for the body of Christ to rise up in power. To rise up in authority. Like we said, it's not just about what happens in these four walls. It's about what happens out there. Out there is where the world is. Out there is where hurting humanity is. And we're to be la motre we're to be like the prophet Isaiah when the, the Lord came to him and he said, you know, I want you to go. I want you to preach. Or was it Jeremiah? I, whichever one. I want you to go. I want you to preach. Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah chapter six. And he's like, Lord, I can't go. I can't speak. I can't do it. And then he had a visitation and the angel of the Lord showed up 
And he took a live coal off of the altar of God. And he touched his lips with a live coal of fire. Fire. (laughs) And then he said, here I am, Lord. Send me. One encounter with the fire of God burned out the fear. Burned out the I can'ts. And he started saying, here I am, Lord. Send me. On Wednesday, as we were praying in ladies' prayer, I don't call it a vision, but I saw in my spirit, it was like little missiles, little rockets, and they were just shooting out from this place. And the Spirit of God said to me, there are firebrands in your congregation. When you come together, my purpose is for people to take a live coal of fire and then to shoot out of this place. Not necessarily take it to other nations. I know people in here are not, many are not called to other nations, but you need to take a live coal of fire to your workplace. You need to shoot out of here as ministers of flaming fire. Take it to your family. Take it on Bart. Go out with Brother Tony. Witness on the streets. You don't want to go out there if you're dead and dry. You want to be full of the Holy Ghost and fire. The Bible says in Hebrews that he, Hebrews 1, 7. Who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And that's what I saw. That it's time for the fire of God to be heated up in our lives. The power of God. The presence of God. Not that we're just coming into church just barely able to get to church. And we got so many problems and so many issues. And and you know this is a place where God meets needs. Certainly so. But he wants us to grow. He wants us to expand where we're not just all consumed with me, myself and I. And all my problems and all my needs. But that we see ourselves coming in here. Getting in his presence. Oh, in worship. Getting in his presence. Being refreshed. Then hearing the word and being empowered. And the word taking root on the inside of us. The word and the spirit agreeing. And the word and the spirit being stirred up on the inside. To the degree that it's like a Holy Ghost explosion. And then we. Were those missiles. Those flames. Those of fire. There are people in here. That you. You are called. You are probably called to stand behind a pulpit. That's just a small fraction. But there are people that are called. To carry this fire to other nations. But every one of us are called. Every one of us are ministers. He makes his ministers flames of fire. Flames of fire. 
Just close your eyes for a minute. Just see right now. There's all different avenues and administrations of the spirit and of the gifts. And the Lord ministers in different ways. Sometimes he ministers to us out of just a heart of compassion. And we're just so overwhelmed by his presence. We just kneel or we just fall on our face. But there are other times that he comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there is a fire. And there is a zibondre setarat. There is a fire and there is a zeal. In the book of Revelation, the description of the Lord. Oh, Apostle John said his eyes were as flames of fire. Right now, I want you to see the fire of God touching your life. Different purposes for fire. Sometimes the fire of God will burn out garbage and it will burn out hindrance. Other times, the fire of God is present to stir up that gift and that zeal and that passion. And still yet, there are other times that the fire of God comes on you to send you, to send you, to propel you out, out. Out into your sphere of influence to propel you out into the call and the bosobreta and the purpose of God. I can remember many times having an encounter with the Holy Ghost and fire. And in those moments, I could just sense he was burning into me. Woo, burning it on the inside of me, branded in my spirit what I was called to do. And burning it so in me that it was not by my, it was not by power, it wasn't in my own ability and in my own strength, but through the said through the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Oh, my diddy is so break. And there are yandru shleg kandalari di bo so breitaha. And the mashtom rikilini ni moshela do do bako so breitaha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are going to be refreshed. We already have been refreshed. I have been. We are going to be revived. We are going to receive fresh fire. And we are going to follow the Holy Ghost.